Hey there, welcome to another episode of Grand Rounds with Cascade. I'm Dr. Ryan Shaw, your host. I remember many, many years ago when I decided to venture out on my own and start my practice. I began renting space in the back of a yoga studio here in Issaquah. And at the time, I didn't have any patients, maybe a few people that followed me from my previous job at Longevity Medical Clinic, uh, mostly hormone replacement patients that I had been treating for years. And as I was making connections in my community, I became friends with this new chiropractor in the area named Kim, who was working as an employee at a business called The Balanced Spine, which is owned by Dr. Sean Fryer. The Balanced Spine focuses on a type of chiropractic medicine called NUCA. NUCA stands for National Upper Chain Chiropractic Association. And I had never heard of this approach before, but as Kim started to explain to me what NUCA was all about, it, I found it really fascinating, and um, mostly because it is very, very different. It focuses on very specific and gentle adjustments to the atlas vertebrae, bringing it back into proper position and allowing the rest of the spine to sort of fall in line. And the atlas vertebrae is the very top bone in the cervical area of your neck, which supports your head and your brain. And the atlas is really unique in that it has no disc and no interlocking joints to hold it into place. And this allows for a great deal of movement, movement in your head and neck, which is great, but as a consequence, provides a lot less stability. Also, this is a really critical area of neurologic function due to its close proximity to the brainstem, which controls the healing communication from the body to the brain. I found this really fascinating, and as we became friends, she asked Dr. Fryer if I could give a free talk at their office to introduce my practice. So I have always been so grateful for that opportunity. It was my first time really promoting my practice and speaking in public, and I was received so warmly by the staff there. I've always maintained a relationship with Dr. Fryer since then and have sent him many patients over the years. And my friend has since moved on and started her own practice somewhere else. Um, but today I really wanted to bring Dr. Fryer by and have him talk about NUCA. We had also been discussing when we ran into each other the other day about how the news is so focused on what to do so that you don't catch the virus. And there's a lot of fear-based information out there. There's not enough focus on what we can do to make ourselves healthier and what we can do to um, take control of some of these co comorbid conditions that can increase your risk of really getting sick. And so we felt like this podcast would be a good idea to help try to bring power back to the patient. When I suggest chiropractic to my patients, they often give me the stink eye. And I think there's a stigma about chiropractic medicine that I don't think is definitely unfounded. I mean, I can understand why a lot of patients freak out just because it feels very violent to a lot of people. There's lots of cracking and neck popping and it's scary. Um, it's especially scary if you've never had it done because you don't really know what to expect. Um, but it's really too bad because I love chiropractic medicine because when you think about it, it really makes sense. All of the nerves that feed our body uh, have to pass through the spine. And if you think of nerves as tiny straws, what happens when you pinch down on a straw? You can't drink anything. And if your nerves are being inflamed or pinched by bones in your spine that are out of alignment, those nerves are not able to get the messages where they need to go. Also, along with nerves flow vessels and lymphatic vessels. So a pinch of the nerves, and Dr. Fryer goes on to say later that it's not really a pinch. I mean, even a feather's weight on the nerve can cause irritation. But irritation to the nerves can also cause irritation to the blood supply and irritation to the lymphatic vessels, and that really shuts down your detoxification and shuts down circulation to those parts of your body. 
And most of my patients have had some sort of physical trauma, whether it's a car accident or a sporting accident, or sadly trauma from abuse as a child or an adult. There's a lot of trauma in childbirth as well, especially in a C-section where the baby is often pulled out through a tiny incision by their arm. And we see a lot of pulling on the neck and the spine in C-sections and suction procedures in vaginal childbirth. And then that potentially sets that child up for issues with colic, behavioral problems, etc. And I'm not here to judge C-sections or suction. Um, I had C-sections with both of my kids, so that there's no judgment. It just is what it is, and that's an unfortunate side effect from those procedures. But the nervous system, the endocrine system, and the immune system are inextricably linked, and together they share these tiny messenger molecules that mediate communication between them, creating optimal responses for your body to adapt and heal appropriately. And until recently, one of these messenger molecules, IL-2, was thought of as an immune system molecule. But recent studies have shown its presence and activity in the nervous system. And this is leading researchers to believe that nervous system dysfunction due to spinal misalignments or subluxations are really stressful to the body and can cause abnormal changes that lead to poorly coordinated immune responses. So subluxation is a big word for misalignment. It's just misalignment of the spine, which causes compression and irritation of nerve pathways. And this affects the body's organs, especially if you remember that the nerves that go through the spine innervate all of your organs. So subluxations are an example of a physical nerve stress that affects nervous system control. And according to researchers, such stressful conditions lead to altered measures of immune system function as well, as well as an increased susceptibility to a variety of diseases. So it's important to note here how the endocrine system also impacts the immune system by producing cortisol in the adrenal glands. This is just one example. There's lots of examples how these two systems are linked together, but I think cortisol is something that most people can connect with. The adrenal glands, those tiny glands above your kidneys that activate fight or flight, are endocrine glands, and they are connected directly to the sympathetic nervous system. And the cortisol released by these adrenal glands can be a direct inhibitor of the immune system. So if you have nerves in your spine that are pinched or irritated due to thoracic or lumbar vertebrae, so thoracic is your mid-back, lumbar is your low back, that are out of alignment, you can have irritation to those nerves that put your organs in more of a sympathetic or fight or flight mode. So if those nerves are innervating your adrenal glands and they're being um, irritated by some sort of misalignment or inflammation, they can cause hyperactivity in that nervous system leading to the adrenal glands, and this can translate to an increase in anxiety, heart rate issues, overall symptoms of stress, and can really negatively affect the immune system just by that direct over-secretion of cortisol. And the body doesn't have time to deal with the intricacies of the immune system if it's being told to run from the bear. That's what the sympathetic nervous system is about. It's about fight or flight. And just like we were talking before when we were in my previous episode talking to Dr. Woodall about iron, we were discussing the triage effect, and that's when the body focuses on the prior, prioritizes the most important functions in the body. So the body doesn't have to, time to deal with the immune system when it's running from the bear, and it'll focus all of its information and energy on um, other things, and then your immune system really um, gets affected negatively. 
So as you can see, when we talk about chiropractic medicine in general, we can also talk about the overall health and wellness of your body in an integrated way as it relates to how all of the systems are connected. And knowing this gives us a lot more power. It allows us to make better decisions. The more we know about our health and how our health works, the more we can do to prevent disease or imbalance. And now more than ever, it's important to play offense rather than just defense. You know, we can wash our hands and wear masks and physically distance, but what we can do to improve our overall health is going to make us more resilient and resistant to illness. So that's why I brought Dr. Fryer in today. He feels very passionately about this. So let's start our interview with him now. So I'm here with Dr. Fryer, uh, Dr. Sean Fryer, who owns The Balanced Spine, and here he's here with us today to talk to us about, um, well, whatever the heck we want to talk about. I think we're talking about NUCA, which is uh, the type of chiropractic that he um, that he does and that his practice practice does, but I'm sure we'll go into other areas as well. So. Um, Dr. Fryer, thanks for coming in today. So yeah, I, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So first of all, I, I kind of, bas- as I was saying to you earlier, kind of bastardized like the definition of NUCA. Yeah. So I would love your opinion as to the definition of it and tell me, tell me and them a little bit about your practice and what you do. Sure. So the easiest way to explain it is um, if we look at it in the context of chiropractic, most chiropractors the general way that they work on the spine is by working with joint function and mobility. So they're finding joints that aren't moving properly and getting them to move. Mm -hmm. And that's really healthy for, or it's really important for the health of the spine. When I was in school, I struggled with my patients that I was seeing in the clinic or myself as a patient about not being able to stay in alignment. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things I was always trying to pursue. There's got to be a better way to get closer to correction or sustainability. Mm-hmm. And so I started to look down that path and luckily I had a classmate that was sent to chiropractic college that did NUCA. And he was like, oh, I get adjusted once a month or it's really rare, it's uncommon for me to have to get adjusted. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was totally different than my experience. I literally, I was playing rugby in chiropractic college. Don't ask me how those two things mix. <laughs> but I would get adjusted before the game. I felt like I need to get adjusted at halftime and then after the game. And it felt like a really unsustainable model. So I got my first NUCA adjustment. And NUCA stands for the National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association. Mm-hmm. So the adjustment is only in the upper neck. Mm-hmm. And so when I got adjusted that way for the first time, Um, It completely changed my life, my perspective on chiropractic, and that was really early on in in chiropractic college. And so it's a really gentle, light force technique in the neck, and it's about getting um, your head and neck balanced. And because most of our body's balance mechanisms are up there, eyes, ears, position of your head and neck help determine where everything else is in space. If you get the head and neck balanced, everything else can kind of filter underneath that. And so one of the things that we always do when someone comes in is we're always measuring their posture. So the adjustment is based quite a bit on how that body's posture is distorted for that day. Right, because that's really different. I mean, when you yeah. go to a regular chiropractor, a traditional chiropractor, yeah. whatever, it's, it's, you know, you get x-rays or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the first time I came to see you, it was a very different experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so. 
when we find that how someone's posture is off balance, we use their posture and information from their x-rays mm -hmm. to determine how to adjust that and to reset the entire body at once versus trying to get the joints to move. So there's a big difference there. So like, you yeah. know, with the tap, you know, the, when I got my adjustment, mm -hmm. I was astounded at how gentle, yeah. like I could barely feel it. Mm -hmm. And for patients who have always had the high force, you yeah. know, torquing yeah. kind of chiropractic, yeah. you know, they, they have a hard time, I think, imagining that if it doesn't hurt and you don't hear it, it's not working. How do you explain right. that to patients so that they're not skeptical? Because I can imagine some people are skeptical because of the, you know, yeah, it's so different. Yeah, it is really difficult. It's like, it's like anything, you know, if you have someone that has a problem in their ankle, they okay. think that's the where the problem right. is because right. we look at it in health and medicine as um, a from a mechanistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, if your car, the wheels are out of alignment, there's a problem there, right? But that starts to affect everything else. Yeah. And in the human body, which is so much more complex and so much more integrated, mm -hmm. we all know we put food into our mouth and goes every cell of our body. Mm -hmm. And that's the entry point. Mm -hmm. the, the neck is the entry point for the work that I do because it's the only place I can influence, as far as I've known so far, the position of the head as well as in a three-dimensional way get all the lines of tension that are in the body that are breaking down and holding them in that distorted posture mm -hmm. to let go in a way that's efficient for the body to handle it. So you're finding that people can hold their adjustments a lot better when you're yes, doing this type of chiropractic, correct. which is and, kind of the point. Yeah, and so there, there's obviously different, um, let's say, camps on whether you can do that or not, and I see it every day in my practice. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to where the joints aren't moving properly, mm -hmm. my opinion and what I've seen in my practice is that they're not moving properly because the whole body's breaking down. Mm -hmm. And so if you get the joints to move, you don't necessarily correct their postural integrity. Mm -hmm. But with what I do, I'm able to correct that postural integrity. And then the result of that is those joints that aren't moving properly mm -hmm. are now doing that. Yeah. And it's interesting from um, from when I first did your initial examination, however long, how many years ago that was, um, I'm now checking people on all the re like their initial exam and then all their reevaluations. Each of those segments mm -hmm. that are sore or stuck or whatever it is for the patient, or what we would call in chiropractic subluxated, and as we go along through care, they might have 20 of the 27 movable vertebrae misaligned or with a subluxation mm -hmm. at the beginning of care. After four to six weeks of care, we might be down to five or six, mm -hmm. and I'm still just working in the neck. So even the ones that's in the amazing. lower back and upper back all start to release. So that's a really cool um, learning point for patients, for them mm -hmm. to feel that, oh yeah, I remember that one was sore, and I have the results there back-to-back mm -hmm. -back with me. So I can say, all of these ones, remember that was sore and tight? They don't remember specifically, but they remember enough to know that, and I have the record so that I show them that. And so they can feel, oh yeah, that was there. And look, and they, re they remember vaguely, mm -hmm. even four weeks earlier, that those areas were sore and not moving and now they're moving and feeling better. They're not point tender and their low back pain has gone away or whatever it is that they've come in for. So it's a really good way of, um, for me to show them that, but it's also, it's a wonderful way to practice because I'm able to help them integrate all the information that they've learned about health and what brings health and the changes that we're able to make um, 
so that they start getting a better understanding of we're one unit, we're one being, we're not just a liver and a kidney and a heart and all these parts put together. Yeah, it's a perfect way to yeah. teach integration. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially because, like, when I try to explain to my patients about how, you know, I mean, we've got nerves, we've got blood vessels and lymphatic vessels that yeah. are flowing through yeah. those areas. If you've got a subluxation, you've got cramping on those yeah. vessels, that lymphatic yeah. tree. So the whole body, every every all the endpoint organs that are innervated by yeah. those nerves are then affected. And yeah. so um, if we're talking about integrative holistic care, I mean, this is part of that. Absolutely, yeah. And chiropractic fits so well into that, which is why which is why we've gotten along yeah. practice-wise for, for all the time we've known each other because the, the, what we do is different for the patient, but there's always that overriding umbrella of it's all about integrating for them mm-hmm. and that they're, they're unhealthy or having a disease process going on because the body is breaking down, the mind is breaking down, and the way to change that is to add health. And yeah. that's what I'm talking to my patients about all the time. But you're not just doing chiropractic. I mean, you you know, from what I remember when I was there last and just yeah. knowing the way you practice, yeah. that you talk a lot about building health in general, like yeah. building health and building immunity in general. Um, how do you have those conversations with your patients and what types of things do you talk to them about when you're talking to them about improving their overall constitution? Well, I think that the, we've all learned recently you know if you look at all of the 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 global studies that are done almost all chronic diseases are now um, understood to be based on lifestyle and for the most part preventable Mm -hmm. heart disease stroke diabetes cancer even are all based they're all lifestyle diseases or there's a huge component of lifestyle in there we have some genetic diseases that's for sure that are around but no matter what your genes are and no matter what genes for you would, would be expressed, it requires something in the environment to turn it on. Yeah. And the cool thing about humans right now is we have control of our environment. Right? Even we decide, though it doesn't feel like it right now. Correct, <laughs> which is something that I, I want to talk about for sure. But um, how we eat, how we move, and how we think are those things that are under our control. Mm-hmm. We all know for sure we should exercise. And when you don't exercise, if you don't move your body the way that our genes are designed, then mm-hmm. you have what we would call movement deficiency, right? And if you don't get enough, there's no drug that can supplement exercise. That's true. Right? You can't, um, you can't add a drug to someone that needs, um, needs proper diet. You can't, you know, if someone has a digestive disorder because they eat too much wheat, there's no drug that's going to change that. You've got to get rid of the wheat. Right. It's right. removing obstacles to cure. Right. I mean, that's really what it's about. Yeah, I tell my patients it's about finding the boulders in right. the road, taking those yeah. out so that you can drive yeah. down the road. That's what that is. Absolutely. And one of the best things that I ever heard when I was in chiropractic was um, it, nature needs no help. It just needs to get rid of the interference. Yeah. And so our job as doctors, I find, is to figure out what that person is having in their life that's causing interference to their body's ability to heal and helping them understand how to remove it. Yeah. Some of that stuff you and I have to be a major active part in. Mm-hmm. Some of it we can give them information and they have to do it themselves. Like, I can't make someone exercise. Yeah, that's a hard one. You know? That's a hard one for my patients is movement. Yeah, absolutely. And exercise, and I don't know why it's so hard. What I've found for people with what I do is, and I tell them at the beginning, we're going to try to get to those things. Mm-hmm. 
what my job is to do is to try to give them a little bit of momentum. Yeah. Because a lot of people that have let their health go, whether it's their fault or not, it's not about blame. It's where they are right now. Oh, of course. You know, if if they need some help to get momentum going, what I do is fairly passive for them. They show up to an appointment, I get them adjusted, and they carry on. And if that can start to give them the opportunity to move a little bit better in their everyday lives, they're much more likely to want to exercise. Oh, yeah. If it reduces their pain and their level of stress, Mm -hmm. then they're much more likely to reach for good food. It helps their mindset change. So it's part of that whole picture. Yeah, the mindset's got to change before anything else can change. You know, a lot of my patients who come to me for weight or whatever, you know, especially, they're just depressed. They're yeah. depressed, and because of that, they can't get off the couch and they can't do things. And so for them, giving them a weight loss plan yeah. is not going to be as effective as treating their emotional health. Absolutely. You know? And figuring out why they choose those foods right. that you know are unhealthy for them. Why or, they're stuck in that rut. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's a huge part of it. And, and one of the principles that I've carried since I, I learned it was that you know, the definition of doctor comes from teacher. Our job is to teach them about health, which is by far our most important asset. And so... And they teach us so much. Absolutely. And, street, and, and you learn from people all the time. I have patients now that that teach me things that I was like, man, I wish I knew that three years ago when I was taking care of so-and-so. Oh, because yeah. Because I think I could have helped them more. And patients always say to me, oh, I know you... I'm the type of patient who researches stuff, and I yeah. know you hate that type of patient. Yeah. I love that type yeah. of patient because yeah. we get so busy, we don't right. have time to research everything. I right. learn stuff like that from my right. patients all the time. Yeah. I think it's great. It's 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 yeah. fantastic, and I and I hope, I hope you know, all the doctors out there, whoever they may be, are always doing research and always trying to learn Absolutely. and always trying to get a, an understanding of, of how to get that change to happen for people. Yeah, and give them some momentum and some hope and. I think one of the greatest things about um, naturopathy, the way that you practice is, and everybody that I, just naturopathy in general, but people that see you in specifically, um, that we've shared as patients, always come back and say, man, she spent like an hour and a half to two hours with me listening to me the first time I met. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always about getting an idea of that person versus your... 10 minutes, tell me what your symptom is, let's throw something at it, right? Because you've got to get to know the person and, and what they do and, and how they live their life because those clues are what allows you to figure out um, what they need or what path you need to take to get them healthy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can put the best treatment plan together in the world, but if they've got a partner that sabotages their sure. health or if they're, I mean... Yeah. Any number of things that mm-hmm. that plan that seems so perfect is yeah. not going to work. It's got to fit them. Absolutely. Sure. So, how do you see? Like you know, I'm sure your patients, like my patients, are coming in every day right now, asking me what my advice is. Like, yeah. how do I stay healthy during the COVID pandemic? Sure. And for me, it's kind of you know, I try to talk about you know things from. I always try to think about things from the ground up. Number one, yeah. you need to be speaking positively to your body. Yeah. Your body's listening all the time. And I always tell my patients, your body only says, yes, I'm healthy. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm sick. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so whatever you say to your body, it needs to be worth saying yes to. Yeah. Um, how, you know, sleeping, making sure you're getting enough rest. There's so many stressors in our life we can control and Mm -hmm. there's stressors we can't control. The things you can control, mitigating those stressors, Mm -hmm. nutrition, supplementation. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, one of the things you and I were talking about that, you know, I hadn't really thought, well, I had thought about, but I hadn't yeah. really thought about it as much as yeah. you were talking about it, is these comorbid conditions that a lot of patients, well, a lot of patients know they have them, and a yeah. lot of patients don't even know that they have them. Sure. And how that affects their ability to navigate this COVID, yeah. you know, environment we're in. So I, I'm going to answer that question in two parts. So the first thing I started thinking about this as we went through it, and you know, the first thing that jumped to my mind all the time is that all of our experts, our government, all everybody was, you know, they're all trying to do the right thing for people, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But it, it's the whole defense, let's say, let me use that word in a second, but the whole battle against um, COVID-19 is all about trying to avoid the virus. Mm-hmm which I think is really important, particularly for those people that are massively vulnerable to this. Right. The elderly, the people with chronic immune suppression, people that have um, you know, major health problems, they absolutely need- Hypertension, yeah, with the they, ACE stuff that's They going need on, right? to avoid the virus for sure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's not enough being said about the other side, how to support yourself and your health to add it in. So I, um, I like to use analogies with my patients all the time. So I came up with this idea that we're only, right now we're only playing defense. It's like if you took the 2013 Super Bowl winning Seattle Seahawks, because everyone around here understands that, they remember that, or they heard about it, whatever. And if they had one of the best defenses in NFL history. And so it's literally like we took the Seattle Seahawks and put them out on the field, and the only thing they were allowed to do was play defense. So the other team would, uh, they would kick off to the other team, they would stop them, and then as soon as the ball came back to them, they would have to kick it right back to the other team. And so the question that you could ask anybody that knows anything about football, and I don't know enough to... not me. (laughs) Right? But you think about any kind of sport, if you're only allowed to play one side of the ball, you're probably not going to win many games. They would not have won the Super Bowl that year if they couldn't play defense and offense. That's true. And so right now as a society, I think we're only playing defense. We're talking about preventing the spread, which is really important. We're all being really good citizens mm-hmm. about washing our hands and staying socially distanced and all those different things. But there's nothing that's coming out in the media, unfortunately, because it's not sensationalistic enough. There's not enough about how to support your immune system and your baseline level of health to help you with it. Right. Because what we are seeing happen is, like you had mentioned, is that all these comorbidities, the virus is the constant. Whether you get it or I get it or anyone else gets it, it's the exact same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people get the virus, don't even know it. Their initial immune system response is strong enough that they don't develop any symptoms. The next level of people, they get a few symptoms. It's pretty mild. They move on and other people die. The virus is the same, so the problem is the host. And I don't say that to, um, to, uh, to judge people or anything like that, but we have to look at why are people dying from COVID while other people have absolutely no symptoms or mm-hmm. get mildly sick. And it's because of their ability to fight it off, right? It's like with any other infection. Right. Someone sneezes with um, in the Bank of America Tower, downtown Seattle, when everyone was in there. Everybody gets exposed to that. It gets filtered through the air. We all get exposed to it. Some people get sick. Some people don't. The reason, like I said, is the host. So, And what we're seeing now is 
people with metabolic disorders, people with high blood pressure, people with diabetes, people with immune system dysfunction, those are the people that are really vulnerable to it. And the elderly oftentimes have a ton of that because mm -hmm. they've had damage over time. We're bombarded by a ton of stresses our entire lives, yeah. and when those stresses occur, it causes damage. And so even people that have lived really healthy lives when they hit 80 years old, there's all sorts of things that can break them down and kill them. And so what we have to look at is why we have comorbidities. And like when we started this conversation, most of those chronic diseases that cause those comorbidities are related to their lifestyle, mm -hmm. or at least there's a massive lifestyle component to it. Mm -hmm. So what is really important to talk to on top of protection, on top of playing defense is how do we play offense? Mm -hmm. How do we eat well, move well, and think well? Vitamin D is a massive piece. It's a super easy, simple, cheap way to boost your body's ability to fight things off. And there's a couple of studies, they're not big, but there's a couple of studies that are showing that if your vitamin D status is good, you have a much better chance of living mm -hmm. and not dying from COVID-19. So that's something that should be shouted from the rooftops and not everyone is doing it. So you and I are. Yeah. Well, and you I know? think that the concern is that we're saying that this is going to cure COVID or even prevent COVID. And I don't think that's what you and I are thinking. No, are saying not at all. at all. I mean, when I see, you know, like what you're talking about to me is all about power. It's about feeling powerful or powerless. Yeah. And right now on the news, unfortunately, yeah. it's all about you have no power. This is happening to you. Be scared. Hunker right. down. Right. Which I think you're right. All of the physical distancing and everything we're doing and being asked to do is totally appropriate. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's there's so much we don't know about yeah. this virus still. Yeah. And when I hear people say, well, it's not about comorbid conditions because this guy was 25 without any comorbidities and yeah. he died. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so this brings back the question of normal versus optimal. Yeah. So this guy that's 25... A lot of people may be saying, oh, well, he's 25. He's probably totally healthy. Therefore, he probably has no comorbid conditions. Right. Right. But if you were to do a deep dive into his biochemistry, mm -hmm. he may have a vitamin D of 10. Mm -hmm. He may have had a low iron. Yeah. He may have had um, a genetic issue with his ACE inhibitor sure. uh, receptors yeah. in his lungs. He yeah. may have, you know, who knows? And so I don't think that we can really say that. I think that we can say that it's not really about whether or not the comorbidity is the problem, it's about taking power back. Yeah. And it's about taking responsibility for our health and doing everything we can to be as healthy as we can so we can reduce our chances. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless of your health status, there are things that people could do instantly to change their level of health. Yeah. If you don't walk at all, and you get out for a 10 minute walk a day based on the definition of health, which is based on our activities of health, mm -hmm. you make yourself healthier. Oh, you could yeah. be sore, after that, mm -hmm. but you've added health. If you don't get enough water and you start drinking more water, you're gonna add health. If you start adding vitamin D, that's gonna happen. If you get omega-3 fatty acids, if you, all those things, if you're always on sugar and you're leading towards um, insulin, um, resistance. insulin resistance, then changing that will change your health status. And that adds health and helps support your immune system. Well, and I like the way you say that, too, because it's like every little thing you do adds up to big it's things. It's massive, yeah. Because a lot of my patients are like, I can't work out six hours a week, so right. therefore I'm not going to work out at right. all. Right, right. And that just right. stops you in your tracks. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then, the, unfortunately, the one of the biggest things that I think is a struggle right now is you have human beings are pack animals. 
animals. We're supposed to be around each other. Yes. And we've reduced and eliminated and separated packs. So you're with your family, so there's always dynamics in there. Not everybody likes their family. You need other people, right? <laughs> yeah, You're, you're exactly. absolutely right. Right. And so we're separating people, and they're not getting their normal interactions, so that's adding stress. It's increasing your cortisol levels. That's, and, that's a good point. I yeah. haven't really thought about and that. Your, that's very true. And your adrenal hormones, and what that does is anytime those go up, mm-hmm. your it's immune system down. goes down, mm-hmm. and it literally is a pendulum like that. And so... It's one of the things that is, is creating this problem. There's statistics now, and I, I don't have the study in front of me, but for every 1% increase in unemployment, which is obviously a massive stress for people, oh, huge. that increases the number of people that die. I think it was something, like, don't quote me on this, I think it was something like 40,000 people die a year in the U.S. for every 1% increase in um, unemployment. And our unemployment has gone sky high. Well, I bet there's a lot of factors there. I mean, there's stress, right? But there's also, like, lack of healthy food now because you don't have money to buy. You know, there's, like, a lot of different things wrapped up into that. Yeah, and then people have to choose whether they're going to eat or pay their rent or eat good food. Maybe they were someone that ate, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables and good healthy meats, and then they had to switch to ramen noodles. Yeah. Right. And so because they had to make that choice because they wanted to pay their rent and those kind of things. And that's obviously shifted their health profile mm-hmm. and they, they can't go to the gym. So they feel defeated and they just don't go. And that's where their friends. I mean, there's just so many. Well, and not going involved. to the gym, you know, then we were, you know, we don't have I mean, exercising for the gym. A lot of people for, for exercising, the gym is where they go. Yeah. And now they're not exercising at all, which isn't good for their immune system. Absolutely. So it's like a catch-22. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't make any of these answers simple. No, it doesn't. Um, but I think the, the, and the let's say, the, the takeaway from all of this conversation is there's little things that you absolutely can do. And we, you just look at any, any physiology book and just see the connection between the immune system and your baseline level of health, the immune system mm-hmm. and your stress hormone, your immune system and your diet. Yeah. It's easy. That's not, that stuff isn't, um, isn't refuted at all. And if we're talking about reducing interference, you know, taking the restrictions out of the spine is the most, one of the most, um, is one of the best obstacles, remover of the obstacles, you know, that we could even yeah, imagine. absolutely. Because we're increasing circulation to all of the mm-hmm. body and... Um, and I really don't think that enough people bring that into their health plan. Right. And there's, 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 there's not enough studies, but there's enough studies to help people start to look at it that have shown that chiropractic in, in certain lights has been able to increase the level of um, different markers with immune system function. Oh, really? There's different markers in the changes in stress hormone levels. Mm-hmm. Um, there's studies that have shown with the work that I do to reduce blood pressure. So all those things. And that doesn't mean that everybody's blood pressure problem is going to come down from an upper cervical adjustment. But it goes to show you that there's an effect when you, basically, if you look at the overarching idea of it, is that if you start to restore to normal function, the body gets healthier. Right, right. right? And it's no different than adding water. And if someone's body it's is... adding health. Yeah, absolutely. And... The direct connection between your spine and your spinal cord and the nerves come up from in between if there's irritation there. I don't like to use everyone in, in let's say in layman's term, will say, I got a pinched nerve right here, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you actually had a pinched nerve, you'd be in the hospital on morphine. Mm-hmm. It would be that painful. 
but irritation to the nerve, the weight of a feather on a nerve can cause a lack of function there. Yeah. And so if that nerve is going to any of your immune organs, you know, if that's going to the spleen, if it's going to your thymus, if it's going even just to your brain and the connection between your nervous system and your immune system, if it's going to your gut, and we all know that the gut is the site or the center, the of, your center of your immune Absolutely. system, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the first interaction generally that people have to any kind of invading pathogens. And so it's the way your body starts to, to change that. Your, your, your amount of the kind of probiotics you have in your intestinal tract is critical. The nerve function to your stomach and your intestines is critical. I well, putting, I mean, the, this whole parasympathetic, sympathetic balance. Absolutely. Is so critical. Yeah. I mean, if you're running from a bear, your yeah. body is not thinking about your immune system. Yeah. It's trying to get you the hell out of yeah. there. Absolutely. So, you know, for optimal immune system, we've got to have that balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic. Yeah. And I know that if there are nerves that are being inflamed or affected that hit the adrenal glands, that innervate the adrenal glands, and the adrenal glands become hyperactive. Yeah causes your body to go in this fight or flight state yeah. and then you're in sympathetic nervous system state right. and your immune system is like shuts See down yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely i mean and, and the for people that are listening to this the understanding of that is it, it doesn't make sense to spend energy on your immune system which is a highly energetically taxing system it's like the last mm-hmm. time you had a cold did right. you feel energetic <laughs> or were you tired right no. you want to rest that yeah because you're spending a lot of energy fighting something off yeah which is really important and so your body will, when it has to pull energy away to fight or fly, mm-hmm. you have no energy left over to fight off an infection. Right, so it's going to shut it down. Right, exactly. And it so prioritizes. If yeah, if you're constantly in a fight or flight state, therein lies the massive problem. Right, that's why stress, getting that yeah. under control is such an important part. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so people understanding that, um, you know, I, I talk about our ancestors and the amount of stress that they've had or didn't have compared to ours typically our ancestors if they had a stress it was life it was it was um their life was in danger and they got through it running and, mammoth. yeah exactly <laughs> and then they got away from it and then they were grateful and they moved on today our stresses unfortunately might not be always life-threatening but they tend to be constant and they build and they build and they build and they build and if we never can break out of that response, you're in this sympathetic overload yeah. and everything starts to break down and then you end up in a chronic state. The cool thing is that anything that adds health starts to shift you away from that state. Mm-hmm. Which and those is can be little important. things. Yeah, we, we going for a walk. Small, right. Yeah. Hugging the people in your family, having a good conversation, having a laugh, mm-hmm. getting on a, a Zoom call with friends that you haven't talked to forever, right? Mm-hmm. So we're social distancing, so having those calls. And just choosing sure. to let go of, yeah. of <clears throat> mental yeah. um, patterns that just aren't serving you, yeah. which is hard to do. I mean, I'm not trying to make that sound easy, but yeah. uh, mindfulness techniques are helpful there. Right, and, there's, and, and almost everybody has someone in their lives that they can reach out to to help with that. Yeah. You know, the cool thing about um, mental health practitioners is they can often do a lot of stuff through telemedicine, right? So they can easily have that. I have right. patients all the time. I had a patient, my literally my last patient before I came over here, um, she was joking with me. I've known her for a long time. She was like, this is like the confession box. Like, I'm telling you all <laughs> the things that are going on yeah. in my life. And then we literally walk through those. If I have a simple answer for them, I'll help give it to them. I'm not a psychologist, but I understand enough about what it does, so I help people. It's one of the biggest things, helping them understand the effect that it has, what it does to their physiology, and they're like, really? Okay, 
well, I'm going to stop that pattern. I'm going to change that pattern. I'm going to do something to change it. And I tell my patients all the time that the only way, to, sorry, the quickest way to break a stress response is with exercise, right? Because we're designed to fight or fly, right? You're in a stress state. Your body wants to move away. That's true. That's right? a nice way to put it. That's, That's why nice if someone, someone cuts you off in traffic and you get upset, right, you can feel your heart rate increase. Mm-hmm. Your breathing starts to increase. Yeah. Your blood pressure goes up. And then if you sit in the car and stay like that and then get out of the car and go it's inside crazy. and sit on the couch, you never get a chance to release that energy that you've built. Yeah. And that leads to problems. Yeah. So yeah, that's just a great getting way up and moving and exercising it. makes a massive difference for yeah, you. Yeah, You sure. don't want to let it sit and fester. Yeah. So are there some people that do better with a different type of chiropractic or would you say NUCA is good for everybody? Well, I, I have patients all the time that come in um, that have problems away from their neck and they're worried about whether it's going to help or whether, um, you know, I, I hurt down here. Mm-hmm. Why are you working up here? Right. right? And so um, I have lots of patients that get help with all sorts of conditions with what I do. But none of what the, the treatment that I do is about rebalancing their body. Mm-hmm. If their back problem is because of damage it depends on how much damage is there right if their back problem is can is part of the fact that they have a terrible bed or they sit at a desk all day and they don't move and they start care and they're unwilling to move mm-hmm. and change that pattern it's really difficult because they're with me from for minutes mm-hmm. you know at a time if they go back into their life and they keep adding to that mm-hmm. that's typically the people that tend to fail with care that way. They're unwilling to change the pattern that helped put them in there in the first place. Oh yeah, I mean, we see that here too. Yeah. That's just, that's certainly the case. Yeah, so I, it, there's almost I, almost every condition that I've seen come into my office, I've been able to help some people with mm-hmm. because of what I do, and not just the chiropractic, but how I teach people how they have power yeah. over their health. Um, but not everybody. You could line 10 people up with lower back pain and I'm able to help a lot, but not all of them mm-hmm. because it's not a cure for low back pain. Yeah. My, my job is to rebalance their body and teach them how to keep it that way. Yeah. And there's a lot of factors involved with that. And the back pain may be caused by five different things. Yeah. I mean, I've know. had people that have back pain because, um, because they have a terrible diet Yeah. and their gut is constantly inflamed and the nerves going to the gut come up from the lower back yeah. right so mm-hmm. there's all sorts of factors for it what I tell people all the time is if they generally and this is an odd statement to make is that I typically people end up in my office as a last resort <laughs> that sounds familiar right <laughs> yeah. and they end up in there having tried everything else and mm-hmm. nothing's worked for them or nothing's worked enough for them yeah and it's really weird to say this but generally those people um, when they come into my office, I'm really encouraged by the fact that I'm probably going to be able to help them because they've tried everything yes, else. Yes, I know. I feel the same right? way. It's yeah. a really weird way to say yeah. it. It's like, um, oh, my favorite kind of patient. You've yeah, done everything else already. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. And if way. we can start to break down those barriers and they understand it mm-hmm. and they start, you know, a lot of people, you know, most people really want to get better and they're really willing to do things to change that. Yeah, they I just want true. support mm-hmm. for it. And know that you're listening and know that you're helping them change those kind of things yeah, yeah absolutely so what's one thing that people don't know about you that you think people should know that you want to tell everyone about me or yeah, my practice no, no. or about you personal um 
let me think. I, I would say the one thing is I'm, I'm really quietly passionate about mm -hmm. everything in my life. Like, I don't necessarily share a lot of things mm -hmm. all the time. and Personally. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes when I when I let that passion out, people go, whoa. Like, Where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember um, with my friends that I grew up with, and, you know, we'd be hanging out and stuff, and all of a sudden I'd go off on this tangent of, you know, passion and <laughs> about something, right? And, you know, they would get used to that and stuff. But when people meet me for the first time, I'm, I'm quiet, reserved. I don't, um, I, I'm an introvert for sure. Yeah. And, but I, I have a lot of knowledge. And when a button is pushed, mm -hmm. um, that passion comes out. And it's really about um, my desire to help people understand stuff, know the truth, and deliver it. So you like being a teacher? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, which is that. really weird because I, I never thought I wanted to do that kind of thing growing up, but I think um, What did you want to do when you were little? I mean, all sorts of things, all the way from I wanted to play, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I never got tall enough for that. Got tall enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're perfect for rugby, I, I see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I played rugby in chiropractic college, but I, I you know, started too late yeah. for anything like that and it was just a really fun sport and some it's a really really cool sport the the way the philosophy of rugby is very chiropractic centered it's inclusive it's um it's about the team and being together and there's a lot of really cool um let's say the way that people are treated in rugby is different than a lot of different sports. Like after every after every rugby game, both teams get together and they have a meal mm -hmm. together. That's cool, right? That's and really you see, cool. you know, it's it's a it's about there's so much respect generally for the referee and the, what they're trying to do and control the game. There's only one on the field for thirty players. Wow, right? You look at I always use the analogy with soccer. Right, my daughter grew up playing soccer. And you look at men's professional soccer, right? Like the players will go up and they'll berate the referee to their face. Yeah, soccer's horrible. My right? kids play that, and that was yeah. horrible. And in rugby, parents. it's all about yes, sir, no, sir, yes, I made a mistake. And you've got these huge, towering athletes looking down at this, you know, older man or woman, doesn't matter who it is, refereeing them. And they have ultimate respect because they grew up in that culture mm -hmm. of respect. And it, it fit really well with, um, with chiropractic. And my son plays now. And it's oh, just, that's cool. It's, it's, an awesome, it's an awesome sport. What about book? Are you reading anything good right now that you I, recommend? I'm actually reading um, a book called The 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Oh, I've heard about that, yeah. but I don't know much about it. He's a bit controversial in his stuff. <laughs> I like controversial. Um, but it's just it's it's just such cool material. He's he it, one of the things he talks about in a lot of his lectures is he says because um, there's all this dichotomy and um, opportunity, right? And mm -hmm. women's rights and men's rights and, and minority rights and those kind of things. And one of the things that he says that I love, he talks about we should have um, equality of opportunity. So everyone should have an opportunity to get an education. Everyone should have an opportunity to be healthy. Everyone should have an opportunity to earn a lot of money. But when you start to control things and not go from a quality of opportunity, but to turn around and become having a quality for outcome, mm -hmm. problems occur. Mm -hmm. 
so you know there's there's a proclivity for um, for more men to be in construction right and allowing women to have an opportunity to be in construction is really important but you're not going to probably get as many that want to go into that yeah so there's just a lot of psychology behind it and all of this stuff mm -hmm. is really cool it's about um, how he um, how he looks at the science and how it's been studied and um, you don't necessarily want to force someone down a path. You want to give them an opportunity to choose their own path and to choose whether they're going to um, work really hard for something or they're, they're going to choose to do whatever they want to do. That's what I think freedom is about, is oh, yeah. giving people opportunities. And just as a parent, you know, I'm always <clears throat> like, well, you're a parent too. It's yeah. always, I'm always trying to, instead of like laying down the law all the time, my goal with my kids is for them to be self-motivated, to, to find that motivation yeah. within them. Yeah. I don't want to do this because I know I'm going to get grounded or yeah. in trouble. Yeah. I want to not do this for for something personal, mm -hmm. personal reason. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a similar. Yeah, one of the things he says about. about kids, he said, um, it, it, one of the rules, and I haven't gotten to this part, but I read uh, read ahead a little bit, and said, you never want to teach your kids to do stuff that are that's going to embarrass you. Because obviously if it embarrasses you, it goes against your, your values yeah. and you're trying to teach them your values. Mm -hmm. And so if it embarrasses you, there's something wrong with that. And I have to read it in, in to see, but, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to read that after I read my book right now, which is The Longings by Sumant Kidd. Do you get into, um, any of like, uh, do you have like a genre of books that you like to read or do you get into medical books or philosophy? Yeah, I mean, I read a lot of I read a lot of books on, um, you know, personal growth and health, yeah. diet, those kind of yeah. things. When I'm when I'm not studying that kind of stuff, um, I'm I like uh, fantasy and adventure and that yeah. kind of stuff because it kind of takes you away. Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah, it's just you know I think you need a balance of both. You need to be able to go into a world and escape your own and just yeah. kind of allow your mind to wander that way oh, and then yeah. I think it's always about being a lifelong learner so you can continue to deliver that information to people that's important if you're yeah. a teacher right absolutely well thank you so much Dr. Fryer from the Balanced Spine it was fabulous to have you here today thank you Remember that you have control over many things. The more information you have about your health, the better. If you've not been to your integrative primary care provider to get a deep dive into your health, this is the time. Because by gathering information, you and your provider can put together a plan that's going to improve your overall health and improve your resilience and resistance to virus and disease. To contact Dr. Sean Fryer for a NUCA assessment, visit thebalancedspine.com. And if you know of anyone who would benefit from hearing this podcast, please share it with them. Stay well and happy and see you next time.